Hello, and welcome to Afternoonified. The podcast where we highly encourage you to go into the light, Carolyn. I'm Emily. And I'm Ryan. Are you guys ready to bust some shit? Hi, everybody. Hi. Um, We're back. That southern accent felt a lot better that second time around. Yeah, you guys feel blessed that we did that over again. Yeah, because I almost did the thing with the mic that I did a bunch of times. You know the thing. Yeah, the snap, crackle, pop. Ugh, delicious. And it's crispy. It was very crisp. It was. it was actually it was the opposite of crisp audio. Yeah, it was it's more snap. Soggy. Ugh. Don't want us no soggy it's audio. No soggy. So- soggy. I've been watching a lot of the Great British Bake Off. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, yeah, it's so good. I know. Uh, and Paul and his stupid soggy bottoms, <clears throat> just poking the dough all the time. Oh man, Paul. Oh Paul Hollywood, beautiful son of a bitch. <laughs> They actually have a show called Masterclass where, like, Paul and Mary will, like, make all the recipes that Hmm. the contestants were supposed to do right. (laughs) That's funny. Yeah. (laughs) Sorry, I had to take a flamenco dancing break. Yes. Okay. And we're back. Okay. There we go. Okay, so, the topic up for discussion this week is... Poltergeists. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) What she said. (laughs) Um... This was an eye-opening uh, week of research for me. Was it? Yes, because as we all know, I do believe in ghosts. I yes. mean, not, not like, woo, ghosts, but like, woo. yeah, like to a certain extent. And then I read about poltergeist, and I was like, no. Uh, I wanted to believe. But we don't, so. It was like the opposite of the Incorruptibles episode. Yeah. Um, so poltergeists. Um, let's talk about what they are, because yeah. I think a lot of people have misconceptions. misconceptions. I always just thought they were angry ghosts. They're not. Um, actually, it's really weird. When I was doing the research for this, I was like, I could say whatever the fuck I want because they're not real, and so nothing is true. But... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you could say that they're actually the spirits of long-lost hamsters everywhere, wrecking your home piece by piece. Actually, they're... I mean, technically, there is the ghost of a hamster in this apartment. There is. Oh, rest in peace, Smalls. Smalls, if you can hear us, go His body to the is light. actually buried just outside this window. Oh. <laughs> like you buried it in a planter. I did. Yeah, she buried it in a planter in, like, her front foyer. Well, because I don't have a backyard or anything. They're just the planter boxes in the courtyard of my building. And that's where she buried her dead hamster. Tiny skeleton. I buried him with his favorite toy. One day they're gonna go in and like replant those. Actually, I think they did when they were redoing the the courtyard. Um, and I yeah, I buried him in a little box with his um, favorite toy. And did anyone see you like randomly burying boxes in the planter? No, I did it at night like a normal person. Oh my god. <laughs> okay. Um. So poltergeists, uh, the name originates from German words poltern, meaning rumble, and geist, which means ghost. Rumble ghost. Rumble ghost. That sounds like a TV show about them boxing. Let's get ready to rumble ghost! Um, Yeah, so it basically just means noisy ghost, which is a little on the nose if you ask me, and you are asking me because you're listening to this podcast. (laughs) (laughs) 
man. So generally speaking, poltergeists are shapeless entities of douchebaggery who enjoy things like making messes, levitating objects, making noises like rattling door handles, pounding on walls, pinching, hitting, biting, and otherwise severely annoying humans and animals. So they're toddlers. Yeah. <laughs> um, they can also produce odors and rearrange furniture. I know, odors. So they're farting toddlers. So, well, I'm, there's one case where it smelled like flowers, but it's very often like a nasty smell that accompanies it. So they're really strong farting toddlers. Um, and they almost always seem to like stop short of causing like real serious physical harm to people. And it's those cases where real physical harm is caused where it's probably being faked. Yeah. Because they just would take it that step. Further. Further. Um, we'll get to faking it later. <laughs> so there are accounts of activity from all over the world, but from what I've read, the vast majority of famous cases have been in England specifically, um, and a couple in the U.S. Why are they so pissed off in England? I don't know why poltergeists are such a big thing in England, to be honest, but like a ton of the stories I've read have been centered in England. See, that makes a point for why it's fake, because it's probably a cultural thing. Like, they're really into poltergeists there. We're not that into poltergeists here, so people don't do a, it A lot here. of our poltergeist cases have actually been blamed on witches. Huh. Um, we'll also get to that in a second. Um, so contrary to popular beliefs, poltergeists are not ghosts. Um, for starters, they tend to haunt or follow a person instead of a place. Um, and Alan Kardec, who is the founder of spirit spiritism, not spiritualism, spiritism, uh, which is the study of the nature, origin, and destiny of spirits and their relation with the corporeal world, um, he had an idea of what they could be. Okay. What does he think? We're going to get into some some heavy shit right now. All right. I'm ready. Lay it on me. Okay. I don't know. I just did a little... Need need the stretch before we get into this. Some yoga before. Yeah. Um, Okay. So... He says that there are mani- that poltergeists are manifestations of disembodied spirits of low-level people belonging to the sixth class of the third order. Yes, he has ordered the ghosts. So, the orders and classes are a whole thing, but basically what this means is that there are levels of spirits with the, fr- with the first order being angels, second order being, like, intelligent, almost pure spirits, Hmm. And they're, like, often guardian angels, I guess. Oh, okay. Um, and then there are the fuck-ups, which are the third order. <laughs> and those, from what I can understand, without like going down a huge rabbit hole, are the spirits that hang out on Earth. They're not super intelligent. They just kind of exist. Um, the classes for those are interesting, so I'm going to go into that right now. <laughs> <laughs> I wrote that joke into my notes. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> you are the biggest dork I So know. the first class of the third order are people who had lack of spiritualities, those who didn't believe in God. Oh, um, they're lost and confused wandering around the earth. Hmm. Um, then there are the rebellious spirits who didn't want to recognize the existence of a supreme being. And the, This is mostly just like, oh, they didn't believe in God so they're stuck on earth. Oh, so really he's into spiritualism also. Yes. Um, they have the capacity to rise quickly in the spirit hierarchy. Then there's the third order, which is the materialist, who live life dedicated to the amassing of wealth, the Scrooges of the world. Uh, selfish is the fourth order. Uh, never thought of others, basically. Yeah, pretty self-explanatory. Uh, fifth order is criminals, which is a combination of materialism and selfish- selfishness with a violent streak. So, you know, Ted Bundy's ghost. Yeah. 
bank robbers. Yeah, good stuff. And then the sixth order, which is what um, this guy, Kardec, believes that poltergeists are from, are suicides. Oh. Uh, they left life on Earth before their appointed time. Unfortunately for them, they will have no have to reside around the Earth until they are fated to expire. So, like, they have to stick around until they were supposed to die. Hmm. Um, spirituality frowns on people who, you know, you know, like, kill themselves, I guess. Yeah. That's the word I was trying to think of. Yeah. Um, this includes unconscious suicides, which is a term for a spirit who has killed themselves by dangerous behaviors such, such as drinking and drug addiction. Oh, gotcha. I was like, how do you unconsciously commit suicide? Do you, like... You don't take care of yourself. I mean, yeah. What so, about, like, people that die of obesity? Does that count? Yeah. Yeah. Um, it's crazy shit. So, there is a complete description of the Third Order of Spirits in Alan Kardec's book, The Spirits Book. Um, so basically what that means is that poltergeists, he believes, are spirits who left the earth too soon and are forced to wander. However, <laughs> I don't believe this. Because what the fuck? Yeah, why? Just everything this guy All had to say was ridiculous. Yeah. Um, and I feel like a lot more people would fall into the category of being stuck on earth than there are poltergeist stories. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. So. Um... Also, that whole Indian burial ground thing premise from the, the movie Poltergeist, like, that could be a possibility. Whatever. Yeah. Um, but what... I almost said what actually causes them. <laughs> so, residual energy in a space can, like, create a breeding ground for poltergeist activity. So, like, places where, like, battlegrounds, murder scenes are good candidates because traumatic things happen there and left kind of like a... Kind of a an invisible imprint. footprint. Yeah. yeah. Like, all that nasty shit is just hanging out there. Yeah. Um... So that leaves behind a lot of negative energy for, like, a malevolent force to feed on. Mm-hmm. Kind of like a warm, wet space to host a nice yeast. <laughs> oh. Did we just compare poltergeist activity to vaginas? Well, I mean, you can get a yeast infection in multiple places. Yeah, under but fat, I mean... Under like, fat folds, uh, that space between your ass and your balls. Uh, not your ass and your balls. I want to say, um... <laughs> We got a problem then if that's what's supposed to be down there. Um, your gooch or taint, whatever you want to call that space. Perineum. That's, or perineum. That's the technical word. For uh, no man's land. Yeah. The don't touch me there button. Not, not there. Actually, that's, no, that's, there's a lot of nerve endings there you're supposed to. Huh. I mean, it just scares the shit out of a lot of dudes. Because your hand starts to go back and you're like, whoa, buddy. <laughs> You gotta talk about that first. Yeah. <laughs> this has been Sex Tips with Emily. Um, no, so places where, like, really violent or, like, nasty shit has happened is a good good place to host um, evil, evil shit. Um, so now that you have a place that is a good host, mm-hmm. uh, you just have to add some teen angst. Alrighty. Yeah. So what, they have to be young? Well, no, um... But anyone putting out a lot of emotional turmoil um, vibes can create a poltergeist, but kids during, like, puberty... Puberty. <laughs> kids doing puberty. <laughs> Those people. <laughs> it's like my new favorite word. Puberty. <laughs> so like English Cartman. <laughs> Come on, guys, I'm going to do puberty. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. Anyway, so, so pubescent children... They're, they've got a lot of shit going on in their head. They're very angry, and then that gets bottled up, and they don't know what to do. And then that force, combined with 
the shit in the area that they're in comes together to form just a <clears throat> big ball of like negative energy and it like, slams cabinet doors. Yeah, that's actually almost exactly where I put my notes. <laughs> um, so that's what happens. They create the entity. It's almost like a thought form, uh-huh. except thought forms are way fucking creepier. Thought forms. Thought forms. Like a... Um, oh, a, like the one they cover on Supernatural. That, yeah, I can't yeah. remember the word. Uh, tulpas. Tulpas. I kept wanting to say gin, but it's the wrong word. It's, it's like an unconscious... Tulpa, but tulpas are different. We'll, we'll get. I want to do an episode of that, but it. I got yeah. way down a rabbit hole when I was researching mm-hmm. that earlier. Um, you know, in Harry Potter, Peeves, yeah, Poltergeist, I was reading up on him, and he exists because he lives in a castle mm-hmm. with hundreds of magical teenagers. So their collective, like teen angst, paired with the fact that they're wizards, has created. A poltergeist so powerful that he has a physical form. Huh. Because poltergeists do not have physical forms. Huh. So he's like King Poltergeist. Yes. Uh, he, yeah, he's several hundred years old. Talking about him like he's real. Um, he's about as real as the he, other poltergeists. proves my point, so whatever. <laughs> so, and there's also this idea that witches can create poltergeists to, like, terrorize um, people. And there are a lot of stories that use that logic, mostly American stories. We'll talk about one later. Um, but if you've listened to any of this podcast, you know that anything that's witch-involved is just a reason for people to be burnt at the stake. Yeah, it's an excuse. You know, just get someone hanged quick, hung quicker. Hanged? I think it's hanged. Hanged? Ah, you and ah. Are you <laughs> playing with the cat under the door? Maybe. Yeah. She bumped me. <laughs> Are you sure it's not a portal geist? Oh, you went there. Could be a creature geist. <laughs> we'll get in. No. Snake peek to next week. <laughs> um, and a lot of theories point towards um telekinesis being part of it. If you remember Carrie. Yeah. And all the shit she did could be construed as poltergeist activity, or if you want to get a little dark with it, Matilda. Yeah. But I mean, wouldn't that make them the poltergeist? Yes. Not that they created the poltergeist? Yes. They're conscious, but sometimes, and I say this under the assumption that telekinesis is real, if they do not know that they are telekinetic, like Carrie blew up like light bulbs and shit before mm-hmm. she realized what was going on. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So that could be part of it, which also has a lot to do with teen angst, because that's when those powers come to the surface, because all of your shit inside is like... I mean, no, yeah. No bueno. That would make sense. Um, yes. So, that's what people think they could be. We are going to talk about what they probably be. What they probably be. (laughs) What they be. I don't believe in poltergeist stories. I'm sorry. Like, even my absolute favorite poltergeist case... (laughs) Poltergut? I have not slept properly in a week. Poltergut. Poltergut. Uh, <laughs> one of my favorite poltergeist cases is at least like 15% faked. Only 15%? Yeah, we'll talk about it later. <laughs> so that leaves us to explore what it could be. Uh, people making shit up is the leading cause of poltergeist activity. <laughs> Fact. It is. Do you know why so many cases seem to have like teenagers involved? Because they were told that they were supposed to be with teenagers. Well, no, because teenagers like attention. Oh, shit. Burn. 
it's wow, that was a loud burn. I'm just gonna move that microphone away from your face. <laughs> um, yeah, teenagers. Uh, in the case of Tina Resch, who is a case in the mid '80s, she was Teen. a sh- Tina Resch. <laughs> If I didn't need someone to talk to, <laughs> I'd make you leave the bathroom. <laughs> if I had a nickel for every time I had to say that. <laughs> You're getting oddly sexual today. <laughs> I need someone to talk to or I'd make you leave the bathroom. Yeah. Sexual. <laughs> Never know. I'm okay and I was just giving good advice earlier. Ow. She's gonna do that. I know. She's very sharp. <laughs> um, so Tina Resch, who was a shitty teenager in the 80s, um, began to experience poltergeist activity like furniture moving itself. Um, she was definitely the cause of all of it. And not for nothing, she was convicted of beating her three-year-old daughter to death ten years later. Oh, she's just nuts. She's very nuts. She's a mixed bag of nuts. Also, my boss today at work got a package, and he said, I don't know what this is, and handed it to me, and he said, will you open this? I'm going to run to the bathroom. And while he was gone, I opened it, and it had 18 bags of trail mix. So it was... Was it good trail mix? No, it was, like, really crappy trail mix that he didn't order. He came back, and he was like, so what was in the box? And I was like, 18 bags of trail mix. And he was like, are you sure? And Gwyneth Paltrow's head. Yeah, it was <laughs> It was just like, I moved the packing slip, and it was just, like, 18 little mini bags of mixed nuts. And he was like, what is this? <laughs> he was so confused. I think he was mad that it wasn't full of wine. Well, I mean, I'm mad most things are full of wine. <laughs> um, so other than people being shitty, attempts have also been made to scientifically explain poltergeists, um, disturbances that haven't been like connected to fraud or psychological factors, like being crazy. Nuts. <laughs> So, skeptic and magician, I know. <laughs> Milborn Christopher, I know. <laughs> Milborn. Skeptic and magician, I think, is the headline here. I feel like if he introduced himself the way James Blunt. Blunt. <laughs> James Blunt. <laughs> so James Blunt. What was he to Hello, you're beautiful. Yeah, well, but you know how he does, like, the, the name's Bond, James Bond. If he did it. Christopher Milborn. Yeah, it's like you, sir, you fucked that up. That would be Christopher Milburn. Christopher, <laughs> like it would be like, dude, you did it backwards. No, my no, name is Milburn. Um, he's American. Hmm. Fun fact. Uh, he found some cases of poltergeist activity can be attributed to unusual air currents. Well, I mean that would make sense why like a cabinet would get blown closed, but I would like to think people aren't dumb enough to believe that that's poltergeist activity. Uh, such as a 1957 case on Cape Cod where a downdraft from a uncovered chimney became a strong enough current to blow a mirror off the wall, overturn chairs, and knock things off shelves. So yes, people were dumb enough. Well, okay. It was the f- 50s though, so whatever. I like how like in my head everyone in the 50s was just really stupid and then one day everyone really, just really magically gullible. got yeah. smart. I think, like, 60s, 70s was kind of... Yeah, everyone's wake-up call. Yeah. Um, tiny earthquakes could also explain some of it. Tiny, tiny earthquakes. And I don't have any <laughs> stuff to cite this because I literally just thought of this when I was um, talking right now. Oh. Um, low-flying planes, trains passing by. Yeah. Quiet enough air disturbances up above that make things vibrate a little bit. Yeah, that could be. Yeah. Have we told the story about how you were upstairs at that haunted house and... Yeah, and there was a ghost. Poltergeist, even. Maybe. Oh, maybe. Someone did commit suicide in one of those rooms. Yeah, actually, um, 
I had to go sit in that room by myself for a while. Yeah, that was... And Sean and I heard whistling. Yeah, that house was super haunted. Uh-huh. Um, <clears throat> so, uh, maybe we should have talked about famous cases before I debunked shit. But we'll get into some yeah. discussion about these. Yes. Um, I'm just gonna give overviews of the cases, not get er- in, like, into the series ins and outs, just because some of them are ridiculous, especially, yeah. um, the really big one that we're gonna talk about towards the end. Mm-hmm. Uh, if I sound surprised by some of the stuff when I talk about the Bell Witch, it is because I, uh, did not research that one beforehand as thorough as the other, so I'm kind of on a learning... <laughs> <laughs> kind of reading as we go. Yeah, uh, cause that case, I knew I had to talk about it, but American Poltergeist case kind of boring fair enough especially when they, they take place back in like the 1800s when people were dumb yeah um before we start amityville was not a poltergeist amityville was a fake ghost yeah uh kind of piggybacking on the back of a multiple murder yeah which actually happened yeah um I say mostly fake because who the fuck knows? Yeah, can never be sure. But well, plus like part. seven people or six people died in that house, so yeah, there could be some negative energy rolling around in there. All right, I super have to move my foot, but I know it fucks up the audio. So if you can make sure this laptop doesn't fall. <gasps> Ow! God! Shit! Fuck! We're good. All right. We're good. That was uh, very painful. Yeah. Oh, God, I think my toes are going to fall off. Okay, so the Bell Witch. Bell Witch. Um, I'm just full on sitting in this bathtub now. I mean, you were full on sitting in it before. I don't know. I was sitting in it sideways, so like my legs were pressed up against the side because it's almost wide enough for me. Mm. <laughs> so tight fit. So the Bell Witch was one of those old-timey cases round about 1817 in Tennessee, which is exactly the kind of place where you'd expect this bullshit. Yep. Um, so the Bell Witch, or the Bell Witch Haunting, is a legend from Southern folklore centered on the 19th century Bell family of Adams, Tennessee. All right. Uh, John Bell Sr. made his living as a farmer, resided with his family, um, on like a, in a house, in a farm, which is where farmers live. All this is pretty expected. (laughs) So according to the legend, and it's very, like, it's always referred to as a legend. It's not well documented. Oh. Um, his family and the local area came under attack by an invisible entity, subsequently described as a witch. (sighs) The entity was able to speak, affect the physical environment, and change forms. Some accounts record the spirit with the capability to be in more than one place at one time, cross distances with great speed, and have the power of prophecy. Hmm. So that makes me think it's not a poltergeist, but it's generally considered to be a poltergeist for whatever fucking reason. Hmm. (laughs) Interesting. Um, in his book, An Authenticated History of the Bell Witch. I don't know about authenticated. Author Martin Van Buren Ingram. I was going to say, the president wrote it? <laughs> and then and then you ruined my hopes and dreams. Sorry, the president did not write it. Um, published that the poltergeist name was Kate, after the entity claimed at one point to be old Kate Batts. Batts is witch. I don't... That was a weird sentence. Um, and continued to respond favorably to the name Kate. The physical activity centered on the Bell's youngest daughter, Betsy, and her father, and Kate expressed particular displeasure when Betsy became engaged to a local man named Joshua Gardner. Hmm. I don't know, maybe the ghost was jealous. Is she a lesbo? Lesbian ghost. I could see it. I watched that movie. I would too. 
The haunting began in late summer of 1817 with John Bell witnessing the apparition of a dog with the head of a rabbit. Ew, that sounds terrifying. uh, John Bell shot at the animal, but it disappeared. Activity moved into the home with sounds of scratching, knocking, smacking of lips with sheets being folded from beds. Fuck that. That is... mm. That'd be the worst sound. Like, you wake up in the middle of the night and you just, like, are scared and you can feel it. And I know you just hear... I could love someone to death, and if they started smacking their lips, I'd be reconsidering. <laughs> Ugh, loud eaters. Um, the phenomenon grew in intensity as the entity pulled hair, slapped, pinched, and stuck pins in the family with particular emphasis on Betsy. So oh. it's behaving more like a poltergeist now. Yeah. Um, just being a little shithead. Yeah. Um, the Bells turned to a family friend for help after retiring for the evening at the Bell home. That friend um, was awakened that by the same phenomenon. So passing it along. Like herpes. <laughs> Paranormal herpes. Uh, that morning the friend told John Bell it was a spirit, just like in the Bible. I don't know. I, I have my doubts. Yes. Uh, Soon word of the haunting spread, with some traveling great distances to come see the witch. The apparition began to speak out loud and have full conversations, and even at one point repeating word for word two sermons given 13 miles apart at the same time. Oh. I'm going to go ahead and say that's probably made up as well. Yeah. John Johnston, a son of James Johnston, who was the family friend, devised a test for the witch, something no one outside his family would know, asking the entity what his Dutch stepmother in North Carolina would say to the slaves if she thought they were doing something wrong. So many problems with this, uh, was but a... we're just going to go ahead and glaze over that. It's old times. It's, it's yeah. still shitty. Um, and the old witch replied with the answer, correctly, in his grandmother's accent. Hmm. Well, I mean, he did say my Dutch grandmother. Yes. So, just has to sound like gold member. <laughs> Sorry, I just pictured Mike Myers mm-hmm. as an old woman. Mm-hmm. I could see it. On another occasion, an Englishman stopped by to visit and offered to investigate, like you do. On remarking on his family overseas, the witch suddenly began to mimic his English parents. Again, at early morning, the witch woke him to voices of his parents, worried as they had heard the voices of as well. So, like, he was pretending to be this dude's parents. He, the Kate, the ghost, who's very clearly a woman. It, maybe. We don't know. The entity? Yes. Uh, The Englishman left quickly the next morning and wrote a letter to the Bell family um, and apologized for his skepticism. Ah. Um, At times, the spirit displayed a form of kindness, especially towards Lucy, John Bell's wife. Um, the witch would give Lucy fresh fruit and sing hymns to her and show John Bell Jr., the son, uh, some respect. So she just really didn't like Betsy or John Bell. Who, hmm. from I hear John Bell, quite a bastard. Well, I mean, at least this Kate had taste. <laughs> um, referring to John Bell Sr.'s old Jack, the witch claimed she intended to kill him and signaled this intention through curses, threats, and afflictions. The story climaxes with the Bell patriarch being poisoned by the witch. Afterward, the entity interrupted the mourners by singing drinking songs. Way to go, Kate. I mean, that's a pretty solid plan of attack there. Oh, yeah. In 1821, soon after Betsy called off her engagement, the entity told the family it was going to leave but return in seven years in 1828. 
for like a checkup. I yeah. Did she? The witch returned one time to Lucy and her son and her sons, Richard and Joel, with similar activities as before, but they chose not to encourage it and the encourage it and the witch appeared to leave again. So basically she came back seven years later and Lucy, who was one of the daughters, and her sons were like getting the same shit and they were just like, dude, no. No. Why wouldn't you say dude no the first time? What, what did they do the first time? Yes. Yes. Like, I, how do you encourage it? I, I don't know. I, I don't think that the um, spirit had anything against Lucy. Um, she really hated John Sr. And so she killed him and it was over. Um, there's a movie. Um, two movies. Bell Witch Haunting and American Haunting, both of which are about the Bell Witch. And hmm. uh, I mean, they're not great, but they are there. They exist. Are you ready for my second favorite poltergeist? Yes. You've heard about him. You love him. It's Jeff the Talking Mongoose. What? I told you about Jeff. Jeff the Talking Mongoose. Or Jeff, but it's G-E-F. Just G-E-F? Yeah, it just sounds like Jeff. Jeff. I'm gonna go with Jeff. Jeff. That makes me giggle. It is largely a load of horse shit. (laughs) Well, it is a talking mongoose. It's literally what you expected when I said talking mongoose. Is it like the ghost of a talking mongoose? Oh no, here's the story. Y'all ready for this? (laughs) 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 I heard it leave my mouth and I was like, "Mm, maybe not. (laughs) All right, settle in my child for a tale tale of Jeff the talking mongoose. (laughs) In September 1931, the Irving family consisting of James, Margaret, and a 13-year-old daughter, that's a key point, named Veray. Veray? Veray. V-O-I-R-R-E-Y. They're English. Veray! Uh, they claim they heard persistent scratching, rushing, and vocal noises behind their farmhouse's wooden wall panels that resembled a ferret, a dog, or a baby. Because mm. those are all the same thing. They all sound exactly the same. One of these things is not like the other. <laughs> and it's a dog. <laughs> you say all of those are not like the other. According to the Irvings, a creature named Jeff introduced itself and told them it was a mongoose born in New Delhi, India in 1852. You know what? I think they had a homeless person who just liked to knock on the wall from the outside and, you okay, know. Let's do some math. So this happened in 1931. Okay. And it was born in 1852. So it would be a... Seventy? Eighty? Or 79-year-old Indian mongoose. It's an old mongoose. I don't think they're supposed to live that long. According to Veray, Jeff was the size of a small rat with yellowish fur and a large bushy tail, so it looks nothing like a mongoose. <laughs> Sounds like it. Mongoose are, like, brownish red, mm-hmm. and they have, like, sleek tails. Yeah. If you've never seen So a it sounds like a blonde squirrel. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So it was uh, really Jeff the talking squirrel. Doesn't sound as cool. Uh, the Irving said that Jeff communicated to them that he was an extra, extra clever mongoose and an earthbound spirit and a ghost in the form of a mongoose. And so is was he born as a mongoose? Or was he born as a human and turned into a mongoose when he died? It sounds like he died and then he came back in, uh, as a mongoose. There's um, a mix-up upstairs. Yeah. Um, and once he said, and I quote, I am a freak, I have hands and I have feet, and if you saw me, you'd faint. You'd be petrified, mummified, turned into a stone or pillar of salt. Unquote. Hmm. Interesting. 
So um, picture, if you will, a yellow mongoose with a bushy tail that has human hands, human feet, and can talk. <laughs> yeah, that's terrifying. I would rather be a pillar of salt. Yeah. Uh, the Irvings made various claims about Jeff. He supposedly guarded their house and informed them of the approach of guests or unfamiliar dogs. They said that if someone had forgotten to put out the fire at night, Jeff would go down and stop the stove. The Irvings claimed Jeff would also wake people up when they overslept, and whenever mice got into the house, Jeff supposedly assumed the role of a cat, although he preferred to scare them off rather than kill them. So it doesn't sound like a poltergeist at all because he's nice. I mean... Good guy poltergeist. Yeah. The Irvings said they gave Jeff biscuits, chocolates, and bananas, and food was left for him in a saucer suspended from the ceiling from which he took when no one else was watching. The Irvings claimed them... I'm getting a call. (laughs) Um, Fuck, where was I? Oh, the Irvings claimed the mongoose regularly accompanied them on trips to the market, but always stayed on the other side of the hedges, chatting incessantly. It sounds like uh, someone's making some shit up. Yeah. The story of Jeff became popular in the tabloid press, and many journalists flocked to the aisle to try to catch a glimpse on the Isle of Man. BT dubs. Oh, gotcha. Um, to catch a glimpse of the creature. Several other people, both locals and visitors, claimed to have heard Jeff's voice and two claimed to have seen it. However, the physical evidence was lacking. No shit. Well, yeah. I mean... He's shy, obviously. It's a tube of conditioner I oh. just knocked over. Whoops. Footprints and stains on the wall and hair samples claimed to be evidence of Jeff were identified as belonging to the Irving Sheepdog as were several photos which were claimed by the Irvings to depict Jeff. Did you look up pictures of this mongoose? I did, and there's nothing conclusive. Mm. For some reason, when I first read the story, it was really creepy. But when you break yeah. it down... You're like, this is stupid. Yeah, but like you just picture living in a house with like some shit talking on the walls. Like, yeah, with hands and feet. Ugh. Um, Margaret and Bore Irving left the home in 1945 after the death of James. They reportedly had to sell the farm at a loss because it had a reputation of being haunted. I wonder fucking why. Maybe you shouldn't go around town blabbing about your little mongoose friend. In 1946, Leslie Graham, the actor, you know, Leslie Graham from that film. Uh, Yeah. That everyone saw. That one. Yeah. However, um, (laughs) the body dis- oh. I skipped, like, a whole paragraph. Um, the actor bought the farm, claimed in the press that he had shot and killed Jeff. The body displayed by Graham, however, was black and white, much larger than the famous mongoose. Um, and Bore Irving was certain that it was not Jeff. Uh, she died in 2005. In an interview published late in her life, she maintained that Jeff was not her creation. I call bullshit. <laughs> bullshit. Piles of bullshit. Yes, lots and lots of piles but of bullshit. But it's fun. It's it fun. is. At least that one's kind of cute. All right, so I mean. um, our last one that we're going to cover yes. is maybe the best known poltergeist case um, that's real. And, well, I mean... Not made up for a movie. Ob- objectively real. It is the Einfield poltergeist. Einfield? Einfield. Einfield. Or Enfield. It's British. I don't know. All this shit's British, man. Well, of course it is. Um, It is considered to be one of the most documented cases of poltergeist activity in history, and also, as you probably guessed, a little bit of a hoax. Yeah. Um, But it gave us the story that is The Conjuring 2, so I'm very fond of it. Okay. Yeah. 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 
I'll allow it. All right. So I had to trim this one down because it, it's a really, it's a big case. Okay. Um, in August 1977, Peggy Hodgson called the police after to her rented home in Enfield, England, after two of her four children claimed that furniture was moving and knocking so- sounds were being heard in the walls. Hmm. Standard. Okay. The children included Margaret, age 14, Janet, age 11, Johnny, age 10, and Billy, age 7. A police constable said that she saw a chair slide on the floor and was convinced, and this is a quote, was convinced that nobody there had touched it. And later claims included allegedly demonic voices, loud noises, thrown rocks and toys, overturned chairs, and children levitating. Reports of further incidents in the house attracted considerable press attention, and the story was covered in British newspapers such as the Daily Mail and the Daily Mirror. Hmm. So very reliable sources. Yeah, clearly. Um, Reports came to an end in 1979. They had interviews with a lot of people who went through the house. I think it was a TV reporter said that he had had a Lego thrown at his head. Probably just hired one of the kids to go hide and throw a Lego at his head. Yeah. Um, at one point, Janet was observed to be speaking in the voice of an old man uh, who called himself Bill Wilkins, a foul-mouthed, grumpy former owner of the house who had died several years before. Um, there are recordings of this voice that can be found on the interwebs. I have listened to it, and um, actually, let's let's listen to it a little bit yeah. right now. This is live. Bill Wilkins. Um, my favorite scene in pretty much any horror movie is from the um, Conjuring 2 when she's talking as Bill. It's really, really cool. Okay. Okay, let's just like five minutes. Let's skip ahead. That's Janet. She's 11. Bad Rob. Some exorcist shit. Yeah. Um, Damn. So that's been caught. Like, that exists. That's actual mm-hmm. recording um, of an 11-year-old girl talking. <laughs> there are also photos of Janet allegedly levitating and being thrown from her bed, her bed available that you can, like, see anywhere. Um... Famed paranormal investigators Ed and Lorraine Warren were called in to check out the situation and seemed to agree that something was going on. And if you don't know who Ed and Lorraine Warren are, they were the primary investigators on cases like the Amityville Horror, the Perrin Family Haunting, which The Conjuring was based on, um, the Annabelle doll. Yeah, that's real. Ugh. It's actually a Raggedy Ann doll, but... Oh, um, we can't use Raggedy Ann. No, they cannot. Um, and also the case of the Snedeker family that The Haunting of Connecticut was based on. Huh. So they have done a lot of shit. Man. Um, there are also a lot of other investigators and witnesses on the case. And honestly, like, some of it might have been true at first, because, like, who's going to pull that out of their ass? Um, but it seems like Janet and Margaret faked a lot of it for the attention of news reporters and, like, yeah. giving them what they wanted to see. Yeah. Also, I I hate to say this, but Ed and Lorraine Warren might be at least 35% full of shit. Yeah, I'm going to go ahead and say full of shit. There's no way that they just stumbled across this many goddamn cases. Well, people started to call them in after they did a couple. And, I mean, in their defense, they did debunk a lot of stuff. But yeah, um, 
So I bet for the fame, you have to have a couple that are real, you know? Oh, well, Amityville kind of shot them to the top, but Amityville has been mostly proved to be fake. Um, They're also very religious, Mm. which I think has a lot to do with it. Yeah. Um, And Janet herself admitted that 2%, quote, um, of the activity was made up, but it's it's probably more than that. Yeah, I'm going to go ahead and say it was more than that. That being said, I think this might have some truth to it, because you heard Janet. Mm-hmm. And, like, it is possible to do your voice and make it weird, but... I mean, an 11-year-old girl, that was a pretty... That was a very deep, very gravelly voice, and it's it's very hard to fake. Uh, the pictures were almost definitely faked. Her legs are, like, tucked up under her. It looks like she's jumping. Um, but, I mean, yeah. Huh. So, those are the cases we're going to go over, but if you want more poltergeist fun... Yes. Um... <laughs> You can check out the cases of the Borley Rectory, which is considered the most haunted place in Britain. Huh. Uh, the Black Monk of Pontefract, which uh, last podcast on the left did a really good episode on it. It's it's a very cute poltergeist haunting. Hmm. Um, All right. Cute poltergeist. Yeah. The Seaford Poltergeist. And we even have a local poltergeist story here in Portland. Yeah? Um, actually, I went to a lecture on it. Super dweeby. Um, in February. And it was uh, Ernest Harp's. And he was a small boy who was surrounded with a lot of that activity in a house uh, back in the 1900s. And that house was only, like, 15 blocks from right here. Oh, wow. Where yeah. is it at? It's on um, Northwest... Fuck. Uh, it's one of the numbered streets in, like, the Pearl. Oh, huh. Interesting. Everett or something? Oh, uh, okay. Or Northrop? One of those. So it's super close. Um and that was, people didn't know if it was a demonic possession or... Mm-hmm. What it was. Yes. So, mm-hmm. um, yeah, and as a side note, uh, most, if not all, of the videos on YouTube are faked. Yeah. I watched a lot of them. Uh, just look at the way, like, if you want to figure out if it's fake, you can look at the way objects are moving. If it just gets, like, yanked off a table, like... That's a string attached. There's a string attached to it, and, like, you can do that with cabinets that come open, um... Just look at the way things move. There was one video I watched this morning, and it could have been staged or manipulated, but um, if they did, they did a good job. It was a video of an office building with several different angles from the the security cameras in different rooms. And, like, there were doorknobs that were, like, shaking really, really fast back and forth, and then doors would open and then close again. Oh, Same with, like, filing cabinet drawers. And it would, like, cut to an empty room and there would just be like a like scattered papers floating and then they'd fall creepy which is i mean harder to fake but also not impossible i mean there's so much going on with digital manipulation that you can fake pretty much anything yeah that was a very loud distracting bus yes um wow we were at the 45 minute mark wow yeah i talked a lot yeah um so, if you would like to share some stories about poltergeist activity that you've experienced. Yeah, we want to hear about your guys' paranormal activity. We'd love to cover some of it on the show. Yeah, I, I want to hear people's ghost stories. I love people's ghost stories. Um, I love this shit. And I do yeah. believe in ghosts. I just don't really believe in poltergeists anymore. Uh, I believe... I, mm, I'm iffy still. It's a tough one. It's... I believe in the idea of residual energy, you know, like the whole like multidimensional but thing. Intelligent hauntings you know? are a little yeah. fear. Yeah. Yeah. No, I get it. Like I think that like traces of people can be left and like things will move. Mm-hmm. But I don't think goes to like Yeah. Trying to communicate. I heard a interesting theory. This is a little bit off topic, but it's about ghosts. Oh, go so ahead. 
But uh, they were saying that, you know, because, you know, they're getting closer and closer to, I don't want to say proving, the whole multidimensional universe I, yeah, theory, you different know? different planes of existence. Yeah. But they were saying that basically what they think happens is that, like, you know, like, say someone lived in your house in the 1950s and they, you know, walked back and forth in a hallway a lot and then you hear footsteps in that hallway, like, now, it's actually that person walking in the 1950s, but, like... Time kind of like it collapses in on itself. Yeah, a bit. yeah, or like there's kind of like a hole because like really it's all happening at the same time. Like the way that that theory yeah, of yeah, time yeah, works yeah. is that it's not a line; it's all stacked on top of each other, and it's basically kind of like a hole, and the sound will come through. So like you're actually hearing either the past or the future because it's all actually happening at the same time. Oh, the future. And so you're kind of like be a shit. Yeah. So if you live in a new house and you experience something like this, because people have hauntings in houses well, that no, have never been uh, owned. My dad was convinced that. Um, our our house was haunted, and it was, I don't think it was brand new, but it was a new addition that we had built, mm-hmm. and he was convinced that it was haunted, but it was a new house, so I was like, yeah, that's not a thing, but, like... It can be. Yeah. Yeah, and that's the same reason that you can, like, weird things can happen when you're out and about. You can be on a bus, you know, or something, or you feel like a weird breeze go by, but, like, nothing else rustles. It might just be someone, like, walking by 20 years ago in that same spot. Um, within the first week that I lived in this building um this is a really 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 old building Mm -hmm. um i was laying in bed playing pokemon (laughs) and i hear a woman's goes a woman's voice go what are you doing um like behind me but my bed was up against the wall but it was also on the wall that overlooks the courtyard so i looked out in the courtyard and no one was there uh scared the shit out of me and then that's also around the same time that my ceiling fan stopped working um and it turns out that all of the cords like the Mm -hmm. electrical cables in the the ceiling had come out that's really weird that is creepy yeah that's terrifying um all right so yes contact us on twitter at afternoonified we were on Instagram at Afternoonified. Facebook at Facebook.com backslash Get Afternoonified. Or you can find our website, www.getafternoonified.com. On our website, you can listen to old episodes. You can find out more about us. You can donate. Donate. (laughs) Comment. Leave us some, you know, mail. Yeah. um, See our pretty faces. Yes. If you like this podcast and you are listening to it on iTunes, Stitcher, or whatever, Mm -hmm. uh, like... Not like, you know, rate us. Rate us. That's what I was thinking of. Uh, Rate us. us, Give us reviews. Leave comments. We like nice reviews. Yeah. We like constructive criticism, too. Yeah. We we read all of it. Constructive criticism. Yeah. Anyway. Um, If you listen to nothing but knitting podcasts, you have no right to comment on our podcast. (laughs) I'm going to have to cut that out and you know it. (laughs) (laughs) Still feels satisfying to say. I know. I, I mean, look at what I did to get to the bottom of that. Yeah. Um. Anyway, so, uh, next episode is gonna be, it's gonna be an episode. It's... Yeah, we gave you some spoilers, so we'd love to hear your theories. What do you guys think it is? Your theories on what the fuck I'm gonna let Ryan do. (laughs) What you're gonna let Ryan poo. (laughs) All right. All week. I'm so ready. Pumped. Bye. I'm dumped. You're... Oh, my God. Oh, my God. (laughs) Just say goodbye so I... (laughs) Goodbye.